All right, what's going on, everybody? This is uh, episode one of the Shooting the Shits podcast. I am uh, Nick Day. I'm here with... I'm J.R. Lang. And we got a special guest today. We have the Pirates' top prospect, left-handed pitcher, Anthony Salamito. What's up, everybody? It's uh, hyped to be on the pod today. Yeah. What's going on, dude? Uh, nothing much. Just had a nice breakfast this morning with the wifey and uh, mm-hmm. heading on over here right after. So nice. I'm excited nice. to get this going. That's the way to do it. It's currently <laughs> Sunday, November... 12th? 12th. We're going to go with 12th. We might be wrong. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, how's your offseason been? Uh, it's been going good. I just got back yesterday from Florida. Um, I was down there for a week. I was just checking in. Um, wanted to hang out with Henry Davis a little bit. He was trying to recruit me to come down there and come spend some time, get my uh, cleats in the dirt and everything. Uh, I really like being home, but uh, change of the pace of the weather and everything was really, really great. Got to go swimming on a Wednesday in November, so I was happy with that. Uh, but, you know, it was really cool being down there, just been enjoying everything else at home, going to a lot of Sixers games, was at a lot of Eagles games and stuff, and, you know, it's just been a good time. But still on the grind always, and, yeah, I'm ready to keep going now that I'm back home. Right. Yeah, I mean, that sounds fucking sick, <laughs> fucking swimming and What's the offseason practice? schedule like uh it was pretty much like like for home it's five days a week i'm doing everything i'm going to the gym uh, i thought of republic escape in mount laurel shameless plug right there for them nice. um but then down in florida it's kind of like you make your own schedule do your own thing i was kind of like going into the pro ball i was kind of expecting it to be like really military like right um apparently i just missed that thankfully um but yeah going down there this week it was like i could go in any time place was open from 8 to 12 monday through friday so i was kind of getting in there every day around 8 30 getting my stuff done getting out every day by like 12 probably nice so what do you mean you just missed that like that's how pro ball used to be like a couple years ago or uh well i can't speak for all the organizations but i have heard like the horror stories people have told me i guess quote unquote um just like when i first got drafted about how like things used to be really strict and they used to like go kayaking out into the middle of the island at 4 a.m and stuff like straight up army stuff they used to do like sugar cookies where they were like taking them to the beach because all the beaches are so close. And they were, like, having them get in the water fully dressed. People were telling me how they're wearing, like, new turfs and everything, all excited for spring training. They were calling it, I think, Hell Week or something like that. I'm not 100% sure. But they were making them roll around in the sand after getting in the water, staying on the bus, like, jump, doing all these crazy stuff. And, like, apparently they would pull people in at, like, 3 a.m. and interrogate them. But this could all be speculation. This is all speculation since right. I didn't live it. But this is what yeah. everybody tells me. So I'm just yeah. happy I wasn't there for all that. Interesting. And- and you said this happened down in when you're in Florida, like yeah, this, yeah. That, that was the, that's the rumors how or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what okay. the rumors were flowing. It's like the first thing I heard when I got yeah. drafted. I was showing up wearing white cleats and stuff and like <laughs> low pants, and people were like, "Yeah, you couldn't have done that a couple years ago." Yeah. So pretty crazy stuff that they were worried about back then. But yeah. So how did that work? Did um Henry just hit you up and he was like, "Yo, come down, hang out for a week." Something yeah, like that. pretty much. I mean, he was trying to get me to go down there earlier in October, but I just okay. wanted to kind of enjoy the time home a little bit. I had a good thing going. I was still, like, yeah, in the yeah. early phases of the off season, So, um, but I decided, you know, it's time to make a trip down there, kind of reset myself, you know, yeah. and kind of get one last love with the heat before yeah. it's all cold time because I love Christmas, so I'm not going back anytime soon. Right. What's your relationship like uh, with Henry? Uh, he's a good dude, man. I was actually over there. When, uh, he had me over his house. He has a beautiful place. Uh, him and his wife are really hospital, great people. And, uh, you know, ever since I got drafted, he's one of those people that's, like, it's like I'm not even trying to be one of those people that's like uh, promoting my teammate just to make him look good, but he's seriously one of those guys that like they say like Jordan was tough on his teammates and he was a really good leader and all that stuff. Like Henry can be tough, but it's like a tough love type of thing. And if he right. really believes in you, he's one of those guys that like really pushes you no matter what. And like yeah. there's there's like a clear difference between like m- like just like I feel like the the everyday athlete and stuff, and then Henry's mindset when it comes to a lot of things like. I choose to be very devoted, and I think everybody can do their things in their own way and be successful as long as, like, you get the results you want, you know. And 
Henry's just one of those guys that literally never has the foot on the brake. And, you know, I respect that about him, and I love him. That's why he's in the big league so fast, you know. And, um, like, I'll just be hanging out just, like, one week after the season, not even days as the season's ending. I'm getting texts talking about what the plan's going to be for next year, how we're going to bring the winning culture to Pittsburgh one day. And all that stuff is super, super exciting, and it really gets me fired up. And uh, sure. he's just one of those guys that's, like, when you see the documentary one day, you're going to be like, oh, it makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what it seems like. And he came out of nowhere. I mean, his career definitely changed this past year. And, I, <laughs> I mean, the one highlight, didn't he have two off Otani yeah. in the one game? That's pretty like, sick. That's, fucking nuts yeah. dude yeah he uh yeah he turned around but he was a catcher though right yeah he was a catcher but i'm playing the outfield right now yeah. i'm not trying to steal one of henry's stories for him but like just because okay. he brought it up he told me that uh just when i was just there that he sends me a picture because he likes to rub it in my face sign jersey bryce harper says really? like be yourself on it <laughs> That's so awesome. sick he tells me he's playing i was actually at the game um kerr was there too right uh, i believe you were when we were there with my uh, agents yeah, mitch on them playing the pirates yeah, yeah. um bryce. Not jersey swap, just gave him a jersey. So Henry hits a single, gets the first base. He's on first base, and Brace looks at him, and he's like, uh, did you get a tip on Otani, or are you just that guy? And he, was like, he said that he started, he started blushing. He said he's like, oh, crazy. And then, like, he was trying not to fanboy out. He told me he had to ask for the jersey, and just said Bryce was nothing but a great guy. And, like, we that's all awesome. knew that kind of. That's a surreal so, moment. But, uh, yeah, that's a pretty sick little story for him there. But Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Man. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's something. Um, so yeah, it sounds like the Florida trip was successful. Yeah, but um, yeah, let's take it back to earlier off season. Uh, seems like you were hanging out. You're at uh Phillies games. Yeah, no, no Phillies gear. Just enjoying the atmosphere, trying to mentally prepare myself. No Phillies gear. No, no Phillies gear ever. Just out there in a hoodie. <laughs> and uh, I was one of those. I was the Marlins fan. You know, the guy that wears the orange Marlins jersey. Yeah, that was me. I was trying to blend in, but um. Yeah, it was it was it was awesome atmosphere to be there and like you know growing up in Philly or, or not in Philly but right outside of it and like that atmosphere is just something you can't ignore and like it's once in a lifetime and I still got that time right now where I can like be home and enjoy it all the time. So right. back when the Eagles won the Super Bowl was unreal. Only a freshman, so can't enjoy it too much. And yeah. like now that you're getting older, you're just praying for another parade. <laughs> yeah, preferably that Sixers won, hopefully, and hopefully the Eagles won too. Obviously with the yeah. jacket, but. I don't know. Hopefully, a lot more partying coming on soon. But this the vibe in the city is just unreal for sports, and like, you just want to carry that on wherever you go. Fun for sure, absolutely. So that's what I was thinking. I mean, so every year it started last year when um, the Phillies made the playoffs, and uh, you know the Eagles were doing their thing. It's just like this. It I don't even know how to describe. It. It's like this buzz. You know, once it gets to like the October part, I mean, it's like this buzz that's going around. You just feel like something's happening. You you just know, and then just, I mean, you saw what happened. Phillies performed, Eagles performed, and then I felt like this year is the same thing, but, I mean, yeah, Phillies ended up coming up a little bit short, but. It's always like a fever dream, like, I swear. Like, last year, the crazy part about it is, like, last year I really was like, wow, this is going to be like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Like, every team is balling out right now. This It feels like a holiday, like a month-long holiday. Yeah, and like it really does. I, I come back this year, and for it all to happen again, again. it's like, no way. And it's like, this year, like, even though they didn't make it to the World Series and, like, the Eagles... I don't know if they had one loss by this time last year, um, but, like, it just still feels just as magical, and it's just, like, a really amazing and cool feeling to have just right. from a sports perspective. It's great for all sports, you know? Same thing with the Sixers right now. I mean, they're hot. They got a little change of pace with management. And I think it's – like they're figuring it out. Yeah, I think it's, like, 7-1 and one they're yeah. at right now, something right around there. might be wrong. Sixers? 
Yeah, yeah starting like on, yeah. Yeah, I've been like three games already. I'm like the Sixers' yeah. biggest fan. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I always say the analogy all the time. They're like that girlfriend you always go back to because it's like every year they're like so good yeah, and then yeah. they always lose in the second round and it's like, oh, next year will be different. But I feel like that's <laughs> almost every team in Philadelphia. But it's true. Yeah. They've been unreal. Yeah. Been it's definitely um, been a cool two years and uh, – for sure. A lot of drinking for me, so. <laughs> well, sorry for Kelly Oubre, dude. You just saw that? Dude. I, broken ribs. And I know. I mean, prayers up to Kelly Oubre. I mean, that's actually insane. Yeah. Right in Center City. I was mm-hmm. here last night. Yeah. Uh, Damn. Saved him. Yeah. I, <laughs> I could have swooped in. <laughs> yeah. I saw somebody who went viral. Some dude tweeted out, like, can't even score 11 points, get hit by a I car bomb, yeah, and then yeah. he got hit by yeah. a car. <laughs> was, it was it that guy? Like, Bro, I saw that dude deleted his tweet and then deactivated his Twitter account. Yeah, the dude that probably, tweeted that uh, out probably didn't want an investigation they were probably Literally. looking right at him and got yeah. his name circled that's funny mm-hmm. poor guy um so, so let's right. go back to uh let's go back to like high school so you're uh you know obviously playing ball and um what at what point did the process of colleges you know you start talking with colleges and we'll go through all that and then obviously you start talking with major league organizations and stuff so what was that like so you started with your colleges and you had a couple of offers. Yeah, so what happened was is my eighth grade year, I was in Fort Myers. I was doing the WWBA, the Wood Bat tournament they do, or World Wood Bat. I forget the name exactly, but it was a perfect game tournament, and I was playing up. I was 14 at the time, playing on the 18U team. For my new team at the time, Zoom. Okay. Um, they're still doing good, thriving now. I love those guys over there. But and Where do they play out of? Uh, Philadelphia, Northeast. Gotcha. Um, like, they were the Blue Sox when I first was about to consider going. Then I didn't. Then they switched to Zoom, and they've just been monsters since. I love Zoom over there. And Big and Little, they're the best guys. Um, but, yeah, so basically what happened was is I was at that tournament, and I was playing against Team Elite. Um, they were, like, the big dogs at the time. I had a pretty good game. I, I threw well and gave up, I think, two earned, but three total. Um, I think I went five or six, but it was a good showing. And, like, that was the game where everything turned on its head. Um, okay. Zoom had played for played second base in 2013 for UNC, so that was a nice little connection there. But there was a whole lot of uh, colleges there, pretty cool. I got calls from VT, uh, UVA, Maryland. Um, immediately after this tournament? Like, pretty much. I mean, like, that night I was in my hotel room. And uh, VT actually called me and was like, hey, we're going to call you back on Monday. And, like, we're going to start talking, like, visits and right. offers and stuff and then they never called me back on monday <laughs> and then i texted the coach and was like hey man like you said you're gonna call me on monday like, what's going on he was like oh we'll call you on friday never got a call on friday so vt wasn't in the pictures for me but <laughs> the first um experience i had like that was like really insane was i started my freshman year in september i'm there and lilo paxia went to gc at the time he was a junior and i'm in my religion class still like nervous like my first month of like high school like i didn't speak at all i was just like like, right. you know what I mean? New place. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was just, absolutely. like, overwhelmed by it. So you went know. to Gloucester Catholic. Yeah. Your freshman through yeah. what? Through, ju- like, half through junior okay. and then transferred to Eustis. Gotcha. Um, but I'm in religion class, like, third period of the day. I get a knock on the door. We're, like, mid-lesson. Lilo comes in. She's like, oh, hi, Lilo, my teacher. And, and he's like, I need to talk to Anthony, like, right now. She's like, I'm in the middle of class. He's like, no, it's important. So she's like, all right, go ahead. So I'm like, what? What kid can pull another kid out of class? You know what I mean? Like, God forbid, let's say he just started beating on me. You know what I mean? But So he takes me to the bathroom. I promise it's a good story. And uh, he goes in there and he hands me the phone. And I'm just like, he's like, say hi. I'm like, hello? Like, hi, Anthony. This is Mike Morris with Florida State. Um, I'm in the bathroom. I'm like, what am I doing? I was just learning about Jesus. Now I'm talking to Mike Morris. And he's just, like, talking to me, like, how I really, like, really want to keep in touch with you. Like, I called Lilo. Like, I thought this would be a good way to do it. Um, have him shoot me your number. And, like, I would love to continue talking. And then 
that was like a really like that was my first like that's, cool. that's insane experience yeah. you know what i mean and yeah, then yeah. um right after that unc came around and that was kind of done up wrapped up right that's there insane. like yeah. I've always wanted to go to UNC, not trying to be a sound like a fanboy or anything, but I tell this all the time. Like, my first coach playing travel ball was Sarge Gallon, Zach's dad. Uh, so this is actually insane. I talk about this story a lot. I give everything. I, a lot of my career at such a young age, I was only seven when I played for Sarge, and um, I was out there pitching, doing bad. Parents were groaning, like, oh, why is this kid pitching? Like, he's seven. My kids are nine. Like, <laughs> he's giving shelled. And I look at my coach, like, I have, like, bases loaded, no outs, and he looks at me, uh, Sarge, and he's like, what are you looking at me for, man? Get yourself out of the game. And, like, that was just something right there that was That's instilled cool. for me for the longest time. And right. uh, after that, he always told me, you're like Zach this, Zach that, Zach this. And I'm like, dang, like, let's look up Zach. He went to Bishop Eustis. He went to UNC. And then he played professional baseball. And I became obsessed with UNC, fell in love with the colors, fell in love with the school, the pitching. I remember growing up and seeing the Matt Harvey, the Dark Knight documentary. And mm-hmm. he was throwing 175 pitches to just move UNC <laughs> up and everything. Like, all that stuff is insane and so crazy and just drew me in. And, once I told Zoom I wanted to go there, Forbes reached out to me, and I went and visited, and it was a done deal. Like, That's awesome. No other school stood That's a chance. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So what age were you again at this point? I was 14. I committed uh, <laughs> Friday the 13th, October 13th. So pretty scary That's date. Crazy. I guess that was a premonition that yeah. it was scary hours for UNC. Yeah. wasn't going to get there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. That's um, cool. And I don't know if we said mentioned this yet, but all these uh, – we're all from New Jersey, and uh, these high schools are that we're talking about are in New Jersey. I just didn't know if we if we said that, yeah. but um, yes, yeah, so that's why we're talking about it like that. We all know what's going on. Um, back to what I was saying. Um, so you said about Gallon's dad. You played for him. Yeah. So when I was listening to the podcast with Zach, he was just talking about how his dad did the same thing with him. How you were saying um, he was younger, pitching younger with the older kids, and it's just like that. It just seems like he's uh, like makes you like puts you in situations like that. Like you play younger with the older kids, and you got to work your way out of it. Like you said, when your base is loaded, and it's just it's funny that that you have a story like that too. And I saw it with uh, with Gallon. That's, yeah. that's pretty funny. Playing up, I think, is, like, the best thing. If you Obviously, you can handle it and, like, you can perform at that level to where, like, you know, you're confident that your child can do it. I think playing Absolutely. up is something you should definitely do. I think reclassing is something that's kind of really taken over in the sports world. And the COVID kind of messed that up, especially because now the portal's so jammed up and schools are going the transfer portal, 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 instead of recruiting now. Mm-hmm. Um but just for the pure competitive edge of it and being able to be uh, comfortable in uncomfortable situations, I think playing up was a great thing. There's always pressure on you to perform. You're the youngest guy in the dugout. And um, I think that's something that's just really, like, carried with me through my whole career. And I think that's something really beneficial for young athletes coming up. For sure. That's a good point. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so you're committed to UNC at this point, And um, then other talks start happening. Um I mean, you start talking with organizations and whatnot. At what point did you, you know, consider the draft and then declare for the draft? And what was the conversation you had with your parents, you know, bringing that up? Or who reached out to you? Did you guys sit down, like, your whole family? Was just how, – how did that whole process go? Well, like, it's – it's out of the high school era now, unfortunately. So it's more like how you guys know, like the travel ball era is what really picked up, and okay. the tournaments became a really big deal. So like area code and East Coast Pro, my agents. So I started my sophomore year pitching against Shalik, did terrible, gave up I think a home run that game and three runs. And these uh, two agents, John Corey and Steve Bartholomew, came out to see me, um, and they stuck with me, believed in me, and that's kind of where it all picked up. Those were the guys who kind of steered me in the right direction, put me in contact with people I need to be in contact with, and events, and got me in places that I needed to be to be seen. You know, right. 
And um, so, yeah, basically what happened was I got invited my sophomore year to Area Code out in California. We were in Compton. Um, and I was actually pretty highly noted, which was something that didn't come like I as expected. I, you know, I'm usually overlooked for the most part, and I finally got this chance to start. And loaded team, it was like me, Chase Petty, Peter Hubeck, Shane Panzini, uh, Pierce Coppola, like loaded guys and um, like unreal team. A lot of guys got drafted from them. And uh, so basically I go out there the first day I got pitched on, I'm pitching game one. First day of the tournament, big deal. Uh, starting pitcher was Peter Hubeck. Middle guy was Chase Petty. Final guy was me. And uh, I come in to go close. We're playing the Brewers uh, scout team, which is a SoCal team. I go in there. Everyone's excited to see me throw. Give up six runs, uh, one out. <laughs> Terrible outing, horrible day. Um, I come out, and I'm all sad. Everyone's looking at me in a dugout as if I just died on the mound. Like, or if someone I love just died and they had bad news to tell me. Everyone's thinking the end of the world. And for me, like, I haven't always been the best. So, like, failure is something that's, like, obviously everyone gets used to eventually. Like, unfortunately, you don't get used to it. But, like, you know what I mean? You know how to handle it and make right. it positive. Yeah. And uh, the Yankees area scout, Matt Hyde, comes up to me, and he's like, hey, like, if you want – I'll let you pitch on Monday, one inning, and, like, you can try and, you know, do your thing. And I was like, yeah, obviously, like, no hesitation. I wanted to do it. Absolutely. Go back out there on Monday, um, five strikeouts, one pickoff, and I led the tournament strikeouts, and it was a really great day. Turned everything around from there, and that was a huge part from there. So going awesome. into junior year, do those same tournaments again. Awesome experience. Uh, at this point, I'm still kind of on the lower level. Uh, I had my car accident my junior year, so that was a pretty scary thing for a little bit. I posted that on Instagram, got told to take it down immediately because teams are going to be really worried about that. Because uh, oh, junior shit. year is the time when you start getting on the map, really. It's like they're yeah. looking at you. It's starting to really serious consideration from how you're going to jump that year into the next. And uh, my high school season, we did the last dance. Um, my season that year was all right. Um, definitely was throwing hard, which was really important. Um, first two starts weren't the best, but I ended really strong against Gloucester Catholic. And that got me an invite to those two events again. And then the big one was uh, Fenway Park. This was the tournament that put me on the map, really. Um, after, like, an okay junior season, I really needed to make a name for myself. I go to Fenway. I lost a really a lot of weight. I was, like, 215 during COVID, uh, during the last dance tournament. And I come into Fenway at 195, and I hit the hardest I've ever thrown. I was throwing 96 with a really nice slider that day. I had six punch-outs and two yeah. – or nine punch-outs and two, uh, three innings. Um <laughs> And it was just a really, really great showing. And from there, everything kind of took off. Uh, I met with my agents, and they told me that I was going to be a projected third-round pick going into my senior year. And they said that the difference is, is going to be how hard I work in the offseason to decide whether or not I'm going to be like a legit draft pick or school is going to have to be something I consider. And uh, thankfully, with the help of Kerr and a lot of other great guys and great coaches, my senior season went great. That's awesome. And uh, then teams start calling you, and you had to do a bunch of Zoom calls. I remember being downstairs in my dad's <laughs> office. I'm, like, so nervous wearing a UNC polo because my dad told me it would make teams give me more money if they think I'm going to college. <laughs> so the polo really sold them. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just trying to do my best to just be me and give off good impressions for a whole week. And then uh, – it feels like the longest whirlwind of a process. It's really stressful. Like, it, it's kind of crazy thinking, like, once you got to, like, June and July, like, it was because the draft was July 11th, that whole last month is like, wow. I've been, I've been telling myself, the people around me have been telling myself, we've all been giving and sacrificing everything we have, and it's all going to come down to this next month. If right. What we did was worth it or if we were just lying to ourselves. And nothing you never you never can uh, know what to expect when it comes to the draft projected right. 16 supposed to go to the blue jays called my trainer and me every single day made it seem like that was gonna be a done deal i was gonna be a toronto blue jay i was really excited about it and um uh draft night comes pick 16 comes up blue jays are on the clock my phone rings and i'm like wow this is it so i go outside it's my agent i pick up the phone and i'm like hey steve like what's going on what's the word like i'm non-stop smiling he's like hey man like 
no one's called yet. Like, uh, you're, you know, like we're, we're still waiting this year. What's going to happen. Just want to check in, see how you're doing. My smile dropped right away. I was like, what? Like, I thought this was me. Like, I thought this was supposed to be my pick. And I uh, go inside, and Danny's flash on on his phone making a TikTok going, my boy just got drafted by the Blue Jays. And I'm like, everyone's looking at me like, look at him. He's smiling. He just got drafted. And I'm like, no, guys, I didn't. I didn't. Like, he's lying. He's lying. And then Kerr looks at me, and they're like, the Blue Jays select. And he looks at the TV, and they're like, Gunnar Hoagland. And everyone's like, oh, he wasn't lying. He wasn't Holy lying. shit. Yeah. Yeah, so – with that, were you at like a draft party and stuff, and you're yeah. ready to get drafted, and you didn't? Yeah, I they, I had the camera feed on my laptop with the TV, so if I got drafted, you know, they cut to like the people at home. Yeah. And I was supposed to do that until I was like, "Don't curse" or anything, and oh. I was like, I was screaming. Everybody was like mad. It was, and everybody was there, and it's embarrassing. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. it shouldn't be embarrassing because like obviously like I worked hard, I deserve this moment, but at the same time, it's like everyone in the room believes in you, you believe in you, and like it just didn't happen. And then yeah. I keep getting phone calls, phone call ringing, and it's just the Reds are out. Like this team's out. No, they're no longer in. Mm -hmm. And I just start getting sad, and like it's like what's going on? And then the night goes on. I get a, I get a phone call late at night, and it's the Red Sox, and they're just like, hey, like we'll Ant sign for two five tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, like, yes, count me in. I'm, I'm going to do it. Like, we're going to be a Boston Red Sox. Everyone's high-five and happy and everything. But uh, everybody leaves that night. And, like, I know people say this, and, like, it probably sounds dramatic, but, like, I cried. I cried because it's, it's so nuts to think. Like, I right. literally felt like a, a fraud to myself. Like, I'm alone sitting there crying. Like, yeah. like I said to you guys, like, you put everything you have into this one thing. Mm -hmm. And then it just doesn't go the way that, you know, you're expecting it to. And my agents always told me, don't get your hopes up. Like, they always kept it low ball, low ball, low ball. But... When you see all this stuff, it's hard to yeah, not let it get to your head and just right. makes the pain so hard, you know? And yeah. then um, things worked out the way they did, God bless, and all that was forgotten the next day, and it's just a really surreal feeling. I can never explain it. Like, the video that I was posted to me when I got drafted and just, like, I I don't even know. Just, like, take Christmas and times it by a trillion. Like, <laughs> yeah. any feeling you had, times it by a million, because it's, like, this overwhelming experience that, like, a team that is a professional organization, like, picked you chose you to play and represent them and that right. was just the most like blessing and unreal feeling those change of emotions must have been wild in those 24 hours that's, absolute roller coaster that's crazy um so if i could just take it back to um what you're saying like it just seems like every game every moment every decision you're making really matters and is what's going to get you to that next level so um i mean you're going from an age where you're 14 to 18 um what I really just want to know is, I mean, that comes with a lot of pressure and, um, I don't know, maybe at that age, if you even really realize you kind of just go out and do, but like when you have that pressure and stuff, like what were you doing? Like, what were you thinking? Like what made you, what did you do to be able to execute what you were able to do? Um, you know, the same, I've had the same attitude. I feel like most of my life and like continuing now into this season, it's just like all these things are going to come with pressure. There's never going to be a thing that you do in this line of work that's not going to come with pressure, the eyes on you, regardless of the draft pick, you know? Right. But in the end of the day, it's all about, like, fulfilling yourself. And I kind of just think about it in the sense of, like, I'm so afraid to fail. Like, I am genuinely have a fear of it. Like, I'm, I'm so scared to be somebody that, like, was, like, a has-been or been somebody like, oh, what happened to Ansel Alameda? I remember he got drafted in the second round. He was doing so good. Like, I'm so afraid to have that narrative around me because there's, especially in this area, I'm, like, there's horror stories about people in these situations that threw it all away, and it's like, you don't want to be a part of that list. And the list of people who make it and succeed is a lot shorter. And I just want to be somebody that 
you know, 10 years ago, I'm not talking about what happened 10 years ago. I'm talking about what's going to happen in the next, you know, right. and just talk about the current success and hopefully keep growing from that. So just for me, I, I tone everything out because it's just like, I, I cannot let myself fail. And, and it's so aggravating when you do, because it's like, I don't want that, you know? So it's the important, the importance is like, my dad always used to tell me is like, you're not, you're never nervous for a test that you studied for. And it's just like, if I go in every day, give everything I have, zero regret, no matter what happens is the outcome. Like give myself to the Lord. All I know is, is it's like, it was supposed to happen, and I have nothing Absolutely. to be upset about. So, it's just about putting my best foot forward, not cheating myself, and then I can live with the results. You know what I mean? So, right. yeah, that's a great way to look at it. I mean, you can't. Yeah, really I mean, go day by day. Yeah, take it like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, what's the uh, what's it like? You, you know, you, you're drafted by the Pirates at this point. You sign with them, um, and then how does that work from there? Do you like? Where do you go? Who do you meet? Do they introduce you to who, like, you know what I'm saying? You meet, who, how does that go? I mean, I don't really know where to start with that, so. Uh, it's a pretty hectic process. My parents weren't ready for it at all, actually. It was a really quick turnaround. I got drafted September, or not September, July 12th, and um, was in Florida July 20th signing. They, I went up to Pittsburgh, I had to go do a full physical drug test, MRIs. The MRIs were terrible. I was laying, like, across my elbow for, like, an hour and a half. <laughs> Um, go do all that. Once all that stuff's cleared, then they take you to the room. I met the GM, um, Ben Charrington, great guy. I met everybody in the front office up there. Um, and then right away, it's Seattle, Florida. You're there for the rest of the season. So it was July, August, and September. Um, and just basically, you just get acclimated to the new circumstances and the place that you're living. I was staying in Pirate City, met all my new draft mates, all the other guys in the org. Um, and they didn't have me do any in-game throwing or anything. Just kind of like really, they go really careful with you. Like, it's really slow. I'm starting to get out of that now. It, it felt like it was going to take forever because you kind of get babied, high school arm. They want to not kill you or anything. But it's just a slow buildup of playing catch eventually in the bullpens. And then the next year is when they kind of let the reins off. But um, it's really just the first year, especially, is just getting used to everything and getting used to your mm -hmm. system. And I feel like now I'm comfortable enough, you know, going into my third year where, like, I have a really good understanding of how things need to be worked, you know, like what needs to get done. And I'm really comfortable in the situation that I'm in. So, now it's just I think this is the year where we're going to take a really big leap because we're comfortable and we're ready to keep accelerating, you know? Absolutely. So I want to uh, deep dive, like, into that, like, those two, like, the past uh, couple seasons. But I just want to go back for one more thing. Um, so you're getting drafted. Um, so you you get drafted 2021. Um, second, um, second round, highest paid second round pick of all time in the MLB. I don't know if that's still – stays like that today i don't know if that's still a thing today but um so my question with that it really is um i mean you're what are you 18 years old at the time yeah so i mean you're fucking 18 years old and you have a boatload of fucking money all of a sudden so how do you uh go about handling that who helped you out with that what was your first moves um well the most important thing was getting a financial advisor i've since switched um but that's the most important thing is taking care of the money. You know, you see things with like Allen Iverson going broke in the right. beginning or something like that, or guys <laughs> like uh, Delonte West now, like God bless them all. And like, um, you see people who have so much money and it can go so fast. And like, I'm still learning how to maintain that as an 18 year old. It's really hard to get that money and not trying to even comprehend it. Really, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know like and I was never allowed to see it all. Like I saw it the first day I got put in my account and instantly I had to transfer it out. And like, that's just like, wow, a crazy experience. But like, it's probably a good thing you don't see it. Yeah. It is probably a really good thing, but it's like, it's like you got to invest it. I have people who take like Tony, uh, my guy, Tony Davis, he takes care of it all for me. He's a blessing. He keeps me on track with how much I'm allowed to spend a month. 
and how much like the investments, how much I'm making, how to be smart, like all this stuff, everything I need to be to be in a safe spot with my money, like it all goes to him. And without him, it'd be a lot scarier circumstance and situation. But, right. you know, like the one thing for me is like going back to what I said earlier about like the narratives about other people is like I'm not like trying to go out you know what i mean and like i'm not trying to buy a bunch of cars like 30 right. cars and like buy bad things that you shouldn't buy you know yeah um my problem is the things that i think are innocent but are actually expensive like a ps5 and a pc <laughs> yeah. and yeah. stuff like, like that's the stuff that's yeah. gonna kill me it's because like all. yeah like who doesn't love eating food from wherever they want you know what i mean and then <laughs> yeah, having yeah. a big ps5 to go game on all the time like you get lazy with it so that's the part they got to stay on top of but i mean for the most part i think I understand how serious the matter is. Is like this is money that God forbid if I don't make it to the major leagues, like I'm gonna have to make get a real job and start working to make sure I can maintain that. And God forbid, I'm in that situation with zero dollars left. You know, it's all about you know thinking about the future, thinking about a family one day, and Absolutely. you gotta think about putting those people in the best position. You know, so yeah, that's for sure. Um, yeah, so let's get back to where we were. Um, so yeah, you start. Uh, we we're talking about your seasons and stuff. So. Um, 2021, you said they sent you where again? Uh, like, Bradenton, Florida. Okay. And then you played in, were you in single A at the time or was it just like a pre before single A? I was just doing like practices really for okay. the rookie ball level. I wasn't playing in any games that first half year. Um, that was pretty much like I said, it was just like, again, ready, gray period, kind of getting used to everything. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, the next year, 2022, like that was my first real season. Okay. So you said you were in Pirate City? Yeah. What is that? Uh, it's like their housing place. Okay. It's like cafeteria, uh, dorms, and then like the gym and the fields are all connected. It's a really cool facility. There's a golf gotcha. course right across from it. And, like, That's awesome. It's really nice. And it's like one of those places at nighttime where it's like feels like baseball heaven. Like, yeah. Really, really like cool. crazy sunset. Four field, like four or five fields out there. Yeah. Like It's sick. So who is all staying there? Uh, all the players who choose to. A lot of guys stay off campus now. Okay. Like, um that's not something people really do much. It's mostly for the new draft guys, guys who are from gotcha. international places or guys who just don't feel like spending the money on Airbnb, you know, right. or a house. But, um, yeah, it's for all the players. Some staff live there, too. But it's always populated year-round except for the holidays time. So it's always a place that, like, you can go to, check in, use the weight room because it's great there, state-of-the-art cool. stuff. And yeah. Just kind of grind it out, you know. So You could just shoot down there anytime. Whenever I want except for, like, Christmas time and stuff. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. All right, so 2022, I have you down for playing single A for the Bradenton Marauders. Did yes, I say that right? Yes, Bradenton Marauders. Okay. Um, so you're, I have you down your record, 13 games played, 5-1 um, and one record, 2-6-4 ERA. Um, run me through that season and uh, everything that happened. Uh, well, this year for me I think was a good way to lay the base. So I ran into this issue of – I ran into it again this year, but my first year wasn't that drastic. This last year was pretty drastic, but just the velo drop in spring training, I was touching 94 or 5, feeling really good, and then got to Braden. I was in extended for about a month. Um, that was a tough time um, just because it's like you're in spring training again just for a couple more weeks, and it's mm -hmm. like you're in spring training for – it's fun at first, but then it gets to the point where it's like, all right, let's get to the real season. <laughs> you want to start competing for stats and, like, getting your name up there, you know, move up. Because, like, you can't move up in spring training, you know? Right. Like, you can make a name for yourself. You can, like, obviously try and boost what club you're placed at first. But, like, you're not getting moved up officially. And I was just ready to get going on that. So, after being through extended, grinding through that, I was still seeing good velocity, everything. And then uh, my body was just getting used to the, um, you know, new amount of innings. Um, in high school, I didn't throw any more than, like, 46, 50. You know, I think my senior year, maybe I had 64 innings. Um, and then I go into my first year, I'm on 105 innings, 110 <laughs> innings. Uh, or 100, or no, it was, I think the total was 85 my first year, and then this year was 100, and 
like 10, but that doesn't include spring training, which you're throwing up to four innings in that too. So it's a lot more than I've ever thrown in my life. And Mm -hmm. my body went through it. I got caught up. My first game was against the muscles. Um, go in there walk walk the whole block walked everybody <laughs> and then i my leg lift was really slow back then so it was a st- it was a steel party too so i was having back running me all day and got out of it with three uh three runs i think i was too earned on that one too um and then from there it was where we were rolling it was like no more bad times only good and i you know i got my feet underneath neath me i met a whole new staff um and they just kind of gave me a new plan and got my body right to be able to keep performing. So I was around 88 to 92 that season. Um, and I didn't really have an overpowering high fastball four seam. So I was mainly sinker changeup. And I used to play the weak contact away, especially from right-handed hitters. Um, lefties I did really good with, attacking them really well. But the difference is, is going through the levels is like the hitters in low A are definitely more a swing happy, which is nice. You can kind of get away with some things that you couldn't get away with other levels. Right. Um, but, yeah, just having a lower velocity, those guys can definitely mash anything straight. And if it's in that strike zone, you got to be careful. So it did really really help me with a good job of being able to pitch a little bit more um, with that sinker and really throw emphasis on that changeup because that's a pitch that I struggled with. But um, I, the way they do is like a six-day rotation down there, so you pitch once a week. Originally, I was uh, Fridays. I would go four innings, four innings, four innings. Then Bubba gets called up. We start doing piggybacking, which personally I'm not the biggest fan of. Bubba would go four. I would go four after him. Mm-hmm. And it would switch each week. We were going on Tuesdays. Um, eventually I got five innings, and then me and Bubba were just like this crazy nine-inning force. We were going to <laughs> take four, five, five, four, like back and forth. And uh, then they split us up again, and I got the horrible burden of the day game. Um, I came back from an injury. I hurt my lat. I was out for like about two to two weeks, I think. I had some strain. It was really bothering me. I had to pull myself out of a game. Um I come back, they put me on the day game, 12 o'clock, burning heat, Florida. Like, I'm out there dripping sweat. I lost <laughs> a lot of weight. Um, I was, again, to start that season, I was around, like, 208, and I finished that year around, like, 190. Um, yeah, it's yeah. it's a grind out there. I lose weight too fast, and the yeah. sun and all that stuff just takes it out of me. But I had a good, strong year. I finished in Clearwater against the Phillies, actually. Had a really, really great start. Finally found the slurve at the end of the year. Um, my repertoire back then was uh, four-seam, sinker, change-up, slurve. Um, and that's since changed, but that was something at the end of the year where that reputa- where that repertoire we knew had to, you know, make some adjustments, and that really helped transition to this next year and become a, b- a lot better and more of a force on the mound. Right. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. So when you're down there, uh, what's the like food plan like? They have a like, cafeteria and stuff you go to, or you uh, get, yeah, like, a meal card type of deal. Yeah, they have a cafeteria. It serves three square meals a day. Um, it's <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Sometimes they'll bless you with an omelet. Um, that's, that was at like Pirate City when you're staying there. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're at the Bradenton affiliate, you get lunch and then up, you get pregame, postgame. Um, and that was out of all the affiliates I've been to is the best food. Like no, the chef lady there, yes. she was amazing. <laughs> she was making fire. It was better than Pirate City. The Lee Com was where it's at. Cause that's where the, um, big league spring training is. Okay. So the facility was sick there. It had its own cafeteria in it. Really cool locker room. The chef was banging. Like everything was amazing. And then, um. Going through it, the rest is just pretty much catered. Like in Greensboro and Altoona, there's no cafeteria in the places, so you just everything get ordered. Um, But they they do the best they can to provide the food for you. But a lot of guys do stuff on their own, too, and that's just kind of like an extra meal you can add on. Right. All right, so um, we'll go over to the uh, 2023 season. Um, So 24 games played, um, 4-7 and record, 3-2-6 ERA. Sounds right, right? Um, so you played for two teams this year. First one being the, um, Greensboro Grasshoppers. That's high A. So I guess it works like 
so the Marauders are low A, and then you go to high A. So um, that's in North Carolina. So you're making a big switch from Florida to North Carolina. What was that like? Um, I could we could probably do like a whole ten hour long podcast on Greensboro alone. Um, North Carolina was a really sick place. Greensboro was a really sick place. Really cool town. Lots of things to do. Great food there. Fantastic food. Um, and it was just it felt like my real taste of pro ball because you spend those first year and a half only in Florida in the same. Like, Pirate City to Leecom, where you play low A, is like eight minutes. Like, mm-hmm. you're in the same little vicinity same for a year and a half, yeah, and it yeah. kind of feels like you're trapped in a box. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, this doesn't feel like baseball. It just feels like a little higher level of spring training. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And um, going up to high A was like a complete change of scenery. And, like, Greensboro, like, like loved the grasshoppers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, when we had the Camden That's River fun. Sharks around here, like, right. people would come support the Camden River Sharks, but, like, everybody was Phillies fans. Like, yeah. the way people care about – the Phillies, this might be a stretch, obviously. It's obviously going to be like a lower level, but like the way people cared about the Phillies was like we were Greensboro's team, and Greensboro made it seem like we were a big league team. And the fans there That's were cool. great. The environment was great. We did like a whole That's thing awesome. before where like all the fans were there and we like introduced ourselves. Like it was so <laughs> cool. Um, all the guys on the team, top to bottom, hitters, pitchers, closers, everybody loved each other. It was a great team, great group of guys. The managers and coaches are the best. Um, our manager this year was a new guy, Robbie Hammock. He actually caught Randy Johnson's perfect game. Like, it's like the coolest thing ever. That you know what I mean? Sick. Like, that, I didn't even know that. They were doing the announcement, and the guy was like, a new coach caught Randy Johnson's perfect game. And I think everybody was like, what? Like, what did he just say? And, um, yeah, but you bet you bet yourself I was going near Robbie. Like, hey, man, do I remind you of anybody? I'm trying to get the Randy Johnson comp so bad. I just never got it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Greensboro was such a great time. I mean, we traveled all over. Second game, first game of the series was in. Uh, why am I blanking? Wapinger Falls uh, for the Patriots, and no, that, that's Somerset. The Yankees team. I'm forgetting their name right now. But we played the Yankees first, um, then went to Jersey. We played against the uh, Blue Claws here at Lakeshore or Lakeland. Um, that was super cool. And you just travel all around like East Coast within the vicinity. Our farthest trip was eight hours, I think. Um, but for the most part, it was like three and a half, three hours from there on out. Awesome. But just sick time. It was really such an amazing time there. I enjoyed it really much. And uh, pitching there and going through those first couple of starts, like, we're kind of – no, they weren't bad. They weren't bad. They were good starts. But, like, I, you could tell I was working out the kinks. And then um, I had a six-walk game. Uh, I, forget, I forget against two, actually. But a terrible game for me. Managed to only give up three runs still. Six walks all over the place. I was trying to figure it out, and I went out to dinner with my girlfriend that night, and I was just, like, so mad. Like, I think she actually thought I lost my mind. Like, I was literally, like, like I couldn't even fathom it. I was just sitting there, like, I just walked. Like, I kept repeating. I was like, I just walked six people. Like, six. I walked six people. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I literally was losing my mind about it. And I was like, no more, no more. And I, and I had her do this thing. She'll laugh when she hears this. I made her sit in the car with me, and I was like, all right, I'm going to need you to yell at me no more runs. And she was like, I don't want to yell at you. Like, and I was like, no, yell at me. Be like, no more runs. So she starts like, no more runs. So I'm like, no, yell at me. She starts like, no more runs. I'm like, all right, no more runs. And then I went 27 innings scoreless after that. That's awesome. and, you go. and that was just that what I needed. Yeah, I, I owed it to her. I owed it to myself. And that's kind of what got me promoted. And, uh, I, re- I made a really good adjustment thanks to Nieve and my pitching coordinator, uh, Josh Hopper. They helped me stay level and stop bouncing. I was doing this thing where I was like, jumping off the mound rather than like driving creating force and everything was pulling and getting out of sync so I was missing way more often and then once we fixed that direction for me it was like night and day I was locating every pitch I needed to every pitch was playing to its best potential my new slider that they'd work on me in spring training was up to like 90 miles per hour um a lot sharper hard break and the changeup finally was coming around and it just made for a recipe for success and 
I was up to 97 this year, and the four-seam fastball was an actual threat. High fastball, and how I told you guys in my first season, I was sinker, change up away. It was mm-hmm. not the case anymore. It was, I was, it was for the first time in my life, it felt like I was overpowering dudes. My fastball was going up in the zone, power slider in. Like, That's if we awesome. wanted to make them reach sinker, but we had a certain rule to throw certain pitches and certain counts, I won't give that away. Um, like against certain hitters, but we just had a really great recipe and a great, great idea and plan to be successful, and it just carried on for a long time. Worked out. Yeah, <clears throat> and then from there, you're just dealing. Once you once you got it, you're just dealing. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, you just got to try and ride the wave as long as you can. Like, you yeah, want to just right. maintain, but you don't want to change things, but then yeah. you start thinking, like, well, if I don't change this, I'm going to go downhill, and you just yeah. got to get out of it because yeah. you're going to yeah, put yeah, yourself yeah. in a rabbit hole, you know? Yeah. Right. So then um, you make a switch. Uh, during your 2023 season, you go from playing for the Grasshoppers over to the Altoona Curve. Yes. So that's another change. You go from North Carolina to Pennsylvania. And what, that's midway through? Just they call you and you got to go? Yeah, the, the way it was is uh, I crashed a golf cart a couple weeks before I got called up, and it was like a really funny thing, and I had to pay a fine for it, unfortunately. <laughs> and I got called into the office uh, during – I went to Greenville. I didn't pitch in Greenville. Uh, I go in there, and my Coach Robbie's like, so I'll come in here, like sit down. I'm like, all right, I'm like because like I didn't pitch, so like, I wasn't expecting anything. I was kind of hoping I was gonna get called up the week before. I was like, ah, damn it, because mm-hmm. you know once you start getting on a wave, you start feeling like, all right, maybe, 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 you know. Right. And I thought it was gonna come last week, and it didn't. And I go in his office, and he's like, um, is everything squared away with the golf cart? I'm like. I start smiling because, like, I kind of thought, like, oh, he's trying to trick me. Like, he's trying to trick me. Like, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's going to call me up right now. Yeah, yeah. And he, like, saw my smile. And he was like, I was like, yeah, no, everything's paid. Like, everything's paid. And he was like, all right, cool. I just wanted to make sure because, like, Don was on my neck about it. And I was like, like, my smile went away. And I was like, oh, all right. I'll say he's like, yeah, you can get out of here. I just get up. I'm like, all right, see you guys. Like, that was upsetting. Like, I, I opened the door and he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, you're pitching in Altoona on Friday. And I was like, oh, and I think the big song comes back. And then everyone gives me a big hug. It's pretty crazy. Everyone in the locker room already knew, apparently. No one knew. So they all come in. All hyping your shit up. Yeah. It's going crazy. It was so sick. Um, and then, yeah, I told my girlfriend. She was like crying for me in the car. It was awesome stuff. Like, I surprised her. Like, I was just like, yeah, yeah, like acting all normal. I was like, oh, by the way, like, Gotta go down to and she's like, "What?" Like, it was <laughs> yeah. so nuts. So that was we packed everything up right away. We or we flew from Greenville, South, uh, North Carolina, no South Carolina. We flew from Greenville, South Carolina. We flew to Somerset, which is where I made my debut. Faced Bader and I faced Dominguez. Uh, Cade Dominguez three times, Cade Bader really? once. Um, <laughs> faced against some good guys. Did give up a Jimmy, so not the best. But I had seven strikeouts of the game. Um, everything felt great. It was just like a nice like. I, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little anxious for that one. That one was pretty crazy. Um, but you know, after that, go fly back to Greensboro, pick up all my stuff. Me and Natalia drive uh, all the way to Altoona, and then whole change of scenery. Small town, great people, great fans. It's the same people in the same seats every night. I'm not even lying to you. Like, and like, it was an amazing feeling. Like, I knew people's names, they knew mine. They were happy to see me. Just have normal conversations. It was That's just fun. like you're part of the town. Like, yeah. Greensboro was an amazing place to be. Those fans were crazy about it. Altoona was just the same. Like. Everybody loved it so much. Yeah. I got to my first couple of starts. They were fantastic. And obviously went through a low, lost a lot of weight. Velo went down, had to learn how to pitch a little bit more again. Um, but we we figured out that problem. We're going to make those you know fixes for the next season, make sure that doesn't happen again because it can't. Uh, went up to the most I've ever thrown this year. I was like 110 innings, which was really nice for me. Went through the whole season healthy, knock on wood, which was something I really wanted to do. How'd that feel? Uh, good. I mean, it didn't feel great. It's right. one of those things where you like only barely feel good enough to go in the days where you had to pitch. Yeah. But um, my body definitely is going to be ready for it next year, having going through it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you build your body up exactly. to handle a certain amount of stress, and you can take more when you yeah. go back. So 
I'm really excited about that, excited about that future. But it was it was really, really awesome time in Altoona. I met a lot of guys. Um, saw one of the craziest games I've ever seen, which is the Paul Skeens debut day. Um, I have never seen that many people in my life uh, at a baseball game, like for that one <laughs> that I played at. Yeah. Um, and that was really cool. And then just meeting a bunch of the guys. Jackson Wolf got traded up for the Padres and new faces, new coaches, and just a whole new facility. The weight room there was fantastic. Completely step up from where Greensboro was and, like, it starts feeling a lot more professional, you know. You start getting more things that you didn't have in the lower levels, and it's like, wow, like, got to keep going up. I can get used to this, you know. For sure. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, like you said, it's um, a full season of being uh, healthy, and uh, you said, yeah, sometimes it gets a little rough. You pitched an extra um, 11 games from the season before, so, yeah, like, what, um, what were some things you were trying to do different with that? Well, the losing the weight kind of – became the flag it was kind of like I was trying to eat as much as I could to keep putting it back on but yeah. no matter what I did the scale just kept going down it was killing me so mm-hmm. um we're just gonna hammer food this crazy this year but the big thing about just was really just trying to really take care of my body in between starts like extra needling and cold tub and ice bath and Normatec and BFR and everything I could ever do like I you little thought I was that guy in the full body suit or a full body cast from Spongebob when they're selling <laughs> the chocolate like I was like, I was doing everything I could to keep myself repaired and being able to perform out there on the mound. And that part is just so crucial. And as the season gets on, things start getting like uh, tedious, I guess is the right word. I don't know if that's the right. I hope it is. But um, you're just sitting there trying to like hammer out the same things and it gets hard to repeat it all the time. But right. forcing yourself to do the little things, the bands, the recovery, like is the thing that makes the complete difference for you and staying healthy and on the field. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, so concluding that season, um, Overall now, you had 32 game starts with a 3.08 ERA. Um, I mean, that's fucking good. I just get your opinion on it and how you feel about it. If you could could have done something better, um, if you're satisfied, what do you got? Um, never satisfied. Uh, you know, the goal is to, you know, be the best ever. Like, I mean, that's plain and simple. I feel like if you're an athlete and you're playing a sport and you're just trying to be good enough to get by, then right. why are you playing, you know? The goal for everybody and, like, every player, I should say, I want to be the best ever. And that's the truth for me. I, I want people one day when you open up – you don't even want to – I want to be a household name. I want to be somebody where you say, who's the best player? And everybody goes, Anselmito, you know, the same way people say Jordan and LeBron, you know. Right. And it's like these are the things where it's like I'm doing everything I can to be better. I'm doing what I did last year and I'm adding more to it and I'm trying to find ways and get smarter and learn more about my body to be the most effective, you know, me possible so I can go out there and perform because – I hate seeing runs up on the board, and I'm the, I hate that that ERA is not zero zero zero. And I know that's something that is hard to do, but it's something that I want to be the first to do. You know, if there's things that haven't been done, I want to be the first one to do it. And I'm just working my hardest every single day, and surrounding myself with the right people that believe in me to, to make sure I can achieve that goal. No doubt. Awesome. Love it. What was it like to uh, play with Skeens, first overall pick, come down, and um, was he a good mentor for you? Uh, yeah, Skeens is a great guy. I mean, everyone, there's always like the huge like aura around, not aura, but like the hype. You know, I mean, that's what I meant to say, like, yeah, the hype, because yeah. it's like it's Paul Skeens. You know, he was the guy in Gates college. Yeah, I mean, he, he's the guy that everybody talks about. He's the most famous dude in the world. Like, he was literally one of the most famous people in the yeah. world last year. Like, yeah. no doubt about it. And he gets drafted, and I see the media day posts right before I'm going to the field. And they're like, Paul Skeens is here, you know? <laughs> and I see him, and he's next to him. They take a picture of him at his locker, and, like, right next to right him is Ann Salamito. And I see my name. Like, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, that's not my locker, mate. Like, what is he doing there? So I come back. They moved him to be next to me. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, 
you don't know what to make of a guy. You, you hear all the stories, you hear everything about him, you see him. He's like a huge dude, and like you just don't know what you're gonna what you're gonna expect. You know, Air Force, yeah. and now he's at LSU. He could be the toughest guy you ever met and be mean and terrible, but he was really just like another one of the guys. I mean, that's all he is. You know, he's another one of the guys. He's a great dude, really funny guy. Uh, it was a real pleasure to know him. It was nice messing around with him for the short time that we did, and uh, I'm excited to hang out and keep playing baseball with him for a long time. Yeah. Awesome. Future of Pittsburgh pitching. Yeah. 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 God bless. That will be cool if you guys like make your way up together and shit. Yeah, that'd be sick. Uh, hopefully it's both of us next year. Yeah. And a lot more, too. Awesome. Um, so – uh, what are your expectations coming up for uh, this next season? Where do you want to be? Um, what's your plan? Um, I mean, the goal is to hopefully be in the big leagues next year. Um, I'm doing everything I can to, you know, uh, put myself in the best position to achieve that. Um, obviously, don't know where I'm going to start the season. Could be Altoona again. Could be Indianapolis. Um, we will see. Um, but all I can do is just make the most of the opportunity put in front of me. And I'm just going to make sure, like I've been saying, is just to be the most prepared for that and just make the most of the opportunity and try and – Rise through the ranks as much as possible. I know my agency sent me a, a graphic of pitchers who made or made ten plus starts in their twenty one uh, year old season, and they're all like Hall of Famers. Yeah. So it's yeah. like if I can put myself in the same category as other Hall of Fame names, I'm laying a foundation for to a really good beginning to hopefully a really long and hopefully trophy filled career for Absolutely. the teams and for myself. You know, so yeah. just trying to start take one day. You know day by day and just trying to make sure that every time I go on the mound, no matter what level, what stadium, that I'm putting up zeros on the board. That's all you can ask for. Absolutely. Looks like we have a special we guest special coming guest in. That's Rock and his owner, Michael Olsen. There he is. Yeah, so there we go. Mikey. That's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Leather jacket out. <laughs> there we go. Um, so I had a little question about gear. I've heard stuff. Uh, you know, in organizations like players, like you get your you wear a jersey, you have to keep that. Like I've heard, it's like it's actually owned by the team, so like it's it's not technically your jersey type of deal. So like if you had an outing and you wanted to keep that jersey, like is there a process with that? Can you just keep that? How does that go? Uh, spring training, uh, you don't get to keep the jerseys. I think you can maybe buy it, maybe, um, but nothing's given to you. And the ones that they have out the affiliates, you give them all back because they gotcha. give them to the next people who wear them. So I got I, that Salamito jersey. Yeah, you got that custom one. Though. That's <laughs> that custom fire. Yeah. There was another fan out there. His name is Jay. I just did a podcast with him and his buddy the other day. He got the same jersey, yeah. Salamito 35. Um, that's so cool to <laughs> that's see. That's not even your number, is it? That uh, was well, just the high school one. Yeah, but hopefully that'll be the number one yeah. day in the big leagues. I know Colin Holderman has it right now. So that's what you want, that 35. Yeah, maybe I'll make an offer for it. God bless if I'm up there, but. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, when it comes to the jersey stuff, it's like it gets tricky. They can't really give you a lot of stuff. I would love to have my uh, 63 spring training one, but I'm not mm -hmm. trying to shovel out the money for it. Um, yeah, I may have accidentally stolen a jersey one time, though. Completely out on accident. I just lost <laughs> it, and I didn't know where it went. But, um, yeah, I can't keep any of that stuff as cool as it would be. But uh, hopefully soon, maybe in the big leagues, you get to do that stuff. Yeah, that's interesting. Wait, you have to pay for the 63 or what? Yeah, if I wanted to keep it. But I think in Indianapolis, um, they put the names on the jersey, so maybe you'll get to keep those. So, But I'll keep you guys posted on that. Yeah. Or, do you know what the price is if you wanted to keep it? Is it just like you need to replace the jersey type of deal? Or mm, is it like – Probably replace the jersey. I just yeah. remember the club is being like, you can buy it, but I just never asked. Yeah. Much, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Got the dog in the house. Um, I guess just – uh, another question I had was, um, so potentially uh, from 2021 to 2024, you could be in 
six different locations, uh, including home. And then if you go to Indianapolis and then back to PA, go to Pittsburgh, um, that's a hectic, hectic lifestyle to live. Uh, like, what are you thinking when all that's going on and you don't, you don't really know your future? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, for me, it's just like the more hectic, the better. Cause that means I'm making movement, you know? So I'm just trying to, I'll bring on the hecticness. I'll take it step by step. I try to make it as easy for myself as possible. Uh, having Natalia in my life makes things way less complicated. All right. What's going on? Uh, we got lost a uh, little technical difficulties, but we're back. But, um, we were just talking about how you're traveling and it's hectic and stuff. Uh, was there anything else you want to add on that? Uh, no, just having a good partner with you and a supportive group and especially a supportive person who's actually there with you physically to help you through all the times and tough times has been really, really amazing for me. It's been really beneficial for my career because it's like that's my teammate, you know, that's my right. teammate off the field. And um, so thankful for her, give owe her the world and just happy to keep, you know, having her by my side as we progress through everything because I know it's going to be a lot less stuff on my plate when she's around me and has my back. So that's awesome. awesome. So she, she's been traveling with you to each location you've been? Yeah, she's been living with me. And then this year in January at this semester, she's doing online school and she's just going to be with me full time. So that's awesome. Can't thank her enough. She's leaving yeah. me and Mikey at RCSJ. Yeah, she is leaving the RCSJ, <laughs> fellas. <laughs> um, I guess uh, another question I had was going back to like how you said you played for uh, Mr. Gallon and uh, just like what's your relationship with Zach? Like, do you guys talk? Uh, that type stuff. Yeah, it's actually crazy. I have all these stories about his father and about how I look up to him. I don't think I've ever spoken a word to him. Wow. I think I've sent him one message when I was in eighth grade, and that's like, that's it. And I think he texted me back, and it was that was it, one text each. That's crazy. Um, But, yeah, uh, that's it's a shame, actually. So I'm hopefully one day in person he can meet me, and I can be like, yeah, I basically based my whole life off you. Went to the same high school, <laughs> yeah. and the same college. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah that's so. crazy. Yeah, Um. besides that, I mean – we were talking. Um, what are um, some Any other big leaguers? Yeah. That you chill with or? Uh, no big leaguers that I cool? chill with, but it's pretty cool having all the guys like in the minor leagues go to the big leagues. Like obviously Henry was my roommate. I lived with him for like two years, and um, now he's in the big leagues. And then guys like Quinn who are up there, and Peggy, I was his teammate this year, and uh, other guys I've just met like Triolo and like, all those guys. It's really cool to just see them playing. Like it's always on in the clubhouse. We're always watching, cheering them on. Like, come on, Andy, get a hit. Like, <laughs> it's so cool. Everybody's pulling for everybody, and like, yeah. that's really sick. I know Kerr actually met her too. We met David Bednar's wife. She was a very nice lady. Um, I was introduced to my agency. Um, haven't met Dave yet, but hopefully that's on the list somewhere. Um, yeah, I remember when we were at that Pirates game. You were like, "This guy was my teammate. Like, he's chill." Yeah, <laughs> it was just weird to say like. <laughs> all the former teammates in the show. Yeah, it's it's really cool. It's really cool now that those guys are doing that, and, like, I can just see them and hopefully be in the same dugout with them in the same year. But sure. I know there's been a couple – I've seen, like, guys there, – there was a point last year where the teams were mixed with big league and minor league and sat near Andrew McCutcheon, sat near some other <laughs> really cool guys, you know what I mean? But all that stuff's really, really sick. So, I mean, hopefully I get to meet a lot longer line of big leaguers coming up soon, you know? Absolutely, yeah. And then some people will be meeting you at some point. Yeah. yeah. That's a pretty cool thing to do, too. For sure. Yeah. Who's the um, most famous person in your phone? <laughs> uh, probably Dick Vitale. Uh, um, I met him at a first watch diner one day. Him and my, me, him and my dad talked the whole time. And then 
what are the odds like a year later Paul goes to the same first watch and runs into him there too really yeah really crazy I guess he just hangs out there a lot but he was talking about how he has like Steph Curry and like he he stopped mid conversation like sorry that was Derek Jeter it's like <laughs> oh my <laughs> fault bro my, I am sorry yeah. he, he was such a great guy I know he's going through stuff right now God bless him amazing dude like I, he always he invited me to go to raise games with him and like do all these awesome things like amazing human being um yeah, and I know a couple of my guys were at the LA Fitness near where we are training at, and they saw Frank Thomas. That's, That's cool. pretty sick, yeah. too. That is dope. Um, but, yeah, I need to start working on getting some famous contacts up there, you know what I mean? But uh, Wait, so how did you snag Dickie V's number? You just he gave it to me. That. He was like, give me your number. I want to hang out with you. We should go to dinner sometime. And I was like, oh, uh, <laughs> here you go. We yeah. maybe get him on here, too. Yeah. Dickie V. Well, That'd I'm, be cool. I think he's going to a recovery some right now. I don't know if he yeah. is allowed to speak yet, but. He, he's going to be all right, hopefully, for, all for right, him. For sure. Yeah. Um, you guys got anything else? Anything else cool, Anthony? Uh, I mean, I, I mean, nothing right now. I mean, I'm just excited to go to more Sixers games, hopefully get to a Flyers game soon. Yeah. Um, keep hooping with Kerr. Hopefully you yes, fellas sir, will yes, join sir. one day, get buckets. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, just been doing my thing. Hopefully trying to figure out a new tattoo right now, trying to get my arm done. Uh but so if you guys you got, got a tat right now, yeah, I got one on my thigh, one on my forearm. That's my have? car accident. Um, but one of my thighs says "No se nada sin Dios," which means I'm nothing without God in Spanish, with a big cross there. Um, and then the one on my forearm is uh, six twenty five twenty, which is the date of my car accident, um, with a crown that says four five nine in it, which was my grandfather's bus number, which we used to drop him off at. Uh, we always do the sign of the cross when we see it, and then it's a, a giant dove flying away to represent the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Uh, there's some flames at the bottom. It's just supposed to represent, like, you know, me being in that car accident, not dying in the tragedy, and being saved by my grandfather and the Holy Spirit and God to yeah. keep me alive today. So That's awesome. Trying to keep, do things that mean something. It's always hard, you know, when you're putting someone in your body that's going to be there forever. You know, I'm not trying right. to get, like, a tattoo of, like, Squidward or something. <laughs> 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 it's, it's hard to think yeah. about, you know. So. No, it's also – awesome when someone asks about it and you have a true meaning behind yeah. it you know what i mean yeah like like the guys who have like the tribal tattoos um that are hawaiian like that's sick the stuff mm -hmm. like that like i think it's cool yeah. what i mean like that yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. but like if it was like some guy who has no relation has it it's kind of like why are you doing exactly. it my man you know what yeah. i mean so like and what, do you, what, your, what do you want to get next i want to get from out. like my shoulder to like that down on my bicep here done my dad has like a lot of tattoos and he has a lot of cover-ups um too like that he's done like he likes to just like make things perfect for him mm -hmm. uh, but it's definitely made me realize that i need to make sure i do this clean so i'm like in a rush because i want to get done before the season but also like not right. too far in a rush because i just want to make sure it makes sense you know? is there any uh like protocol with getting a tattoo really in the base? you know what i'm saying like because well, you can't really throw right if you had a some ink i think i'll be okay to throw i just gotta keep it wrapped up but gotcha. this first tattoo on my forearm i did i literally took care of it like poster child first one you know what i mean so i was like doing everything perfectly right the ointments at the exact times i needed to <laughs> and everything and then this next one i got it literally in between the all-star break we had like four days i got home got it ripped up on me he told me don't go in the water i was in the ocean swimming <laughs> and then i'm going out there he's like don't let it get trapped in sweat i got my long pants on the next day starting with it just <laughs> seeping on my tattoo god bless i didn't get an infection not to gross anybody out but like did not follow the rules everything worked out but i had a teammate um his name's bear bellamy uh he's, he's not with us anymore but he's uh he was a great guy, reliever, and he had, like, really cool tattoos, and he had a bunch. Like, his whole legs were done and everything, his thighs and everything. And, like, he was the guy I was going to. I was like, yo, can I get a tattoo and, like, pitch? He was like, bro, I was ripping them, like, every day. Like, right. I was yeah. pitching the next <laughs> night. And I was like, all right. So I just did it. But yeah. it all worked out. I trusted him. But 
I think after I get my arm done right there, I think I'm going to be done. It's They always say, like, you get one and you're addicted. I'm most certainly addicted because uh, I only thought I was going to get the forearm one, but I think I am going to be done after that. I, I yeah. think that'll be enough for me, you know? Right. I get that. I think uh, think we're good, right? Anyone else? I think it's the ninth inning, bottom of the ninth. We got two outs, and <laughs> I think that's about it. <laughs> Let's, let's, let's close your deal. Let's yeah. close it down. That was definitely the last out there. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's it. Um, that'll wrap say, up. Should we see Ant win his freestyle? Like we know he can pitch. Yeah. But oh wait. We, oh yeah. No, we did hear that you could freestyle. Yeah, that one question we talked about before against. Um, what was your battle with Benicio foot like at the, <laughs> at the turf that one day? Um, what were you attacking him with? Word on the um, block is that he put the bat on the ball. Yeah. He was ahead in the count. Yeah. <laughs> No comment. No. <laughs> Benicio took my stuff 450, uh, and then he actually called out Chase Petty after he did that. Um, so that's some guy. Like I, I had a coach in high school karate too. Coach Cruz told me I should always be worried about uh, Jack O'Kane taking me 500 feet, but yeah. no one ever warned me for Benicio, the diehard Mets fan, showing out love to take away all the NL side. So. He reigns supreme. He's my biggest threat. And if anybody wants to bring in a pinch hitter one day, it should be Benicio. <laughs> Shout out Benicio, all right? See, what's going on, Benicio? <laughs> I like the mustache own, and the mully. Benicio has his own podcast, too. Does maybe he? He'll get you on there. Word, yeah. maybe. You'll have, have to get a, a joint uh, one one day. Oh, that would yeah, be <laughs> that would be crazy. What's his call, you know? New Star Sports. New Star Sports? Yeah. Hey. Go ahead, Benice. I've been tuning in. I know JR's been tuning in a I little did. bit. Yeah, yeah. He's got good stuff? He's got some good content. Word. Yeah. Yeah. All righty, I think that'll wrap it up. Uh, thanks for watching. Uh, we'll thanks have for a, coming on, Ant. Yeah, no thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, you got it. Um, we'll have some more guests coming. Uh, that's about all I got. Peace. <laughs>